0: Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr and you are Locked On Reds. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast here on this Monday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show, we got a lot to get to. The Reds had a good weekend against the Cubs. They're continuing to have good series against the Chicago team that constantly sends a lot of fans to Great American Ballpark. That's kind of annoying, but eh, whatevs. What are you going to do about it? Anyway, we'll talk about that. I want to talk about, at least for a brief moment, Tom's comments, Tom Brenneman's comments about Addison Russell, and look at a couple of other things. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also check us out on the Himalaya Podcasting app. It's a great app if you have not checked it out. It's the kind of thing that whenever you plug in the podcast you know you like, they will make playlists based on your tastes. So that you can expand your podcasting library. Definitely worth a check out there if you have not already done so. Hit us up on Twitter, Locked On Reds, and at Jeff Carr with three F's. Head on over to lockdownreds.com and then give us a call on the Locked On Reds line, 513 549 0159. And with this question coming up, I have a question for you, and it's a little bit of a deep one. And I'd like to do. uh. You know, a a voicemail segment this week. Got a short week. There won't be a Friday podcast. I'll have an extra long podcast, though, for you on Thursday. But let's do a little bit of voicemails in here, and we'll have a question for you. The question of the week. Do you, does it really affect you as a fan if a Red makes the All-Star game? And I'll expound on that in later episodes this week. But I want to hear from you. 513-549-0159. How important is an all-star nod to you as a Reds fan? Give me a call. Let me know. But let's jump into the weekend because the Reds had a successful weekend. They won the series against the Cubs, took two out of three, and looked good except for Saturday. Saturday wasn't great. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a moment as well. But they got shut out. But the other two games, they did everything they had to. Pitched when they needed to. I know they had a little bit of tough uh, sledding by Michael Lorenzen and Rysel Iglesias. Even though Iglesias was able to shut the door in the end, he had a bit of a tough outing on Sunday. But all in all, the result was a win. And that's all you want. And they got that. It was... A phenomenal the reds really responded and by responding i'm talking about what happened on saturday so the reds win friday night by a score of six to three they had a couple of great performances by Nick Senzel and jose iglesias and the kind of night that really kicked off an amazing weekend for phil irvin phil irvin Over this three-game stretch, the Cubs threw three straight lefties at them, and Phil Irvin had a weekend. He went five for ten, and he got three RBIs on the week. He hit a home run Friday night, had two key RBI bloop singles on Sunday, which we'll get to in just a minute, but really catalyzed the Reds on Friday to get them going. They won six to three, and that kind of got the Cubs riled up a bit because the Reds this season have actually fared pretty well against the Cubs. Despite the Cubs' record and them being first place in the Central, the Reds have actually had the Cubs number. I mean, that's just baseball right there. I don't know how else to explain it. Baseball's nuts. So then on Saturday, the Cubs kind of take advantage of the Reds. Jose Quintana really shuts them down. Something that hadn't happened. Quintana actually, there was a bunch of hitters in the Reds lineup who have had Pretty nice matchup statistics against him going into it, but Quintana kept them off the board. Everyone kept them off the board, obviously, they only they didn't score any runs. But then in the eighth inning, in case you were under a rock, Yasiel Puig had a three-ball-to-nothing count, and the Cubs, at this point, were already up six-zip. Nobody on base. So Pedro Strope, the 3-0 pitch, just plunks Puig straight on the hip didn't even look like it was going to ever be close to the plate so we can debate whether it was intentional it makes no sense for it to be intentional i'll say that logic dictates that i mean whatever why why would you hit a guy there unless there was malicious intent and if you didn't see pedro strope's comments after the game they were a bit illuminating strope said quote it's no secret He's stupid. He's stupid as F. Nothing against him. He's just stupid. Okay, first of all, there at the end, nothing against him. He's just stupid. You just said he was stupid as F. Like, nothing against him? Right, okay, whatever. You just hit him with a baseball, too. I don't even know where to start with that. But it was hilarious because Peleague responded in a huge way on Sunday And he did it by letting his play talk. Now, firstly, what happened, whenever he plunked Puig, Puig, on his way to first base, had some words for Strope, And Wilson Contreras was able to sort of corral Puig until a bunch of Reds teammates could come out of the dugout and keep him from doing anything. Nothing happened. No one was ejected. You know, whatever. We can debate whether Strope should have been ejected. I don't think so. This wasn't like an intentional thing, but that's neither here nor there. Puig was able to at least restrain himself from getting thrown out of the ballgame. And because of that, he was able to play on Sunday. And on Sunday, he played. There was two completely identical moments in the game. As Puig got to first base on walks with two outs. He then stole second. And Phil Irvin at the plate both times hits a crazy bloop that just finds its way to the ground amongst a bunch of Cubs defenders, and each time Puig races all the way from second and scores on both of them. They were absolutely phenomenal. I mean, all the credit to Irvin for hitting those crazy ones. I know Nick Kirby tweeted tweeted after the first one that the exit velocity on Irvin's bloop was 64 miles an hour. That's nuts. I want to say like the average hits probably more around 90, maybe like 88, something like that, and you've got some guys that really have hard hits over, the, over 100 miles an hour. Phil Irvin's was like a soft little pot fly that just happened to find the perfect space in between all of the Cubs defenders, and both times Puig is able to run all the way from second and score. I mean, these weren't deep fly balls. These were like shallow right field, just shallow into the outfield. It's just perfectly placed. It was phenomenal. And and the second time it happened, it sparked a rally that really got the Reds to the distance that they needed because, you know, obviously Iglesias gave up a couple of runs there in the ninth and really got everybody scared, but was able to keep the door shut. But all in all, the Reds made... As much a statement as you can make in June, because this whole weekend just showed how many Cubs fans are willing to go to Great American. I mean, it was almost sickening that whenever the Cubs did something great, there seemed to be a louder cheer than when the Reds did something great. And they were at Great American. And I can kind of attest to this, because I went to a game earlier this season of the Reds and Cubs at Great American, and I sat down the third base line, and I looked all around me, and it was all blue. I The, the only the only fix for this is for everybody to buy tickets and, you know, whatever. I, it was really hot today, so I guess you could say that, but... The only way that you're going to keep Cubs fans out of Great American is if Reds fans buy tickets, so that's just, that's just how it's going to be. But I, do, I, I tell you, I think it was a good response by the Reds because we had this whole ordeal with the Pirates and David Bell saying the players need to do what they need to do to protect themselves, and they didn't do anything rash against the Cubs. And I, I, I respect them greatly for that. And the game did the talking. That was absolutely phenomenal for me. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm a little late for that. Uh, Thanks to Hotels.com sponsoring today's show. Make sure you check out Hotels.com for your next trip. They've got great rates, great rewards for your stay. Check it out, Hotels.com. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Monday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Quick reminder, if you don't already know this, use your smart device's voice activation function while you're driving to access the Locked On Reds podcast. If you're in some busy traffic and you need to just take your mind off of the fact that you're going two miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour speed limit, say, hey, smart device, play podcast locked on reds and it'll pull the latest episode up. Very handy that way technology can be fun. I want to spend just a moment talking about what Tom Brenneman said. And I I I know we all know. We all watch Reds baseball on Fox Sports Ohio and we all know that Tom can say some things. I mean, heck, there's a whole drinking game out there because of that. Because he says goofy things. And I, I swear if he tells me that Kyle Schwarber's from Middletown again, uh, we get it. We know. But the whole thing with this story, well, it's not a story, but the whole thing, and it was actually picked up by a couple of different you know, announcing, monitoring blogs and things like that, people talking about it. And you know, I even saw a thing on Yahoo talking about how Tom Brenneman worded this. He, it, it was a case of poor wording. And I tend to believe that if Tom Brenneman, I, I think that if he heard what he said, he would kind of shake his head at himself. Because what he said was a bit, I'm trying to think of the right word here, obtuse, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, that, too, too much dead air there. Bad podcasting. W- really, though, when it comes down to it, he was essentially, the way that he worded I don't know if he meant for it to sound this way, but the way that he worded it almost seemed like he sympathized with Addison Russell. And if you don't know the story behind Addison Russell, there's a lot on it. Over the offseason, he had some domestic violence. It came out that his ex-wife wrote a blog about how he would just be awful to her and it was documented they were able to prove it it wasn't you know something that it was false accusations at all it was Addison Russell was just a really bad dude like not cool at all so he gets the suspension there were cubs fans that were clamoring and and I remember listening to the locked on cubs podcast a little bit earlier before the season, seeing what they had to say about it. And on the Locked On Cubs podcast, they were calling for his release. They said, just get rid of him. Just get, we don't want anything to do with him. The Cubs need to distance themselves from him. They didn't. They held on to him. And now they're playing him, obviously. He started on Sunday. And that's why Tom was talking about him. But the way that Tom mentioned it, he said that he suffered through the suspension. That was poor word choice. He didn't suffer. Through anything. He brought it upon himself. He was not a good dude. He was bad. Obviously, if you're not good, you're bad. But the things that he did, I'm not really going to go into detail. Domestic violence is domestic violence, and it shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't. And the fact that the Cubs backed him, you can go either way on that one. I tend to be a little bit on the side of they probably should have gotten rid of him. Because it's a game, you play a kid's game, you play baseball. This isn't necessarily a human right that someone gets to play baseball. It's just the Cubs seem to out, you know, they seem to do, talk about little nerdy stuff here, they seem to do a cost analysis of the talent that he brings to the team and whether it was worth going through the whole PR nightmare thing. But the fact that Tom brought it up in June, last day of June, it, d- it didn't really need to be said. The story kind of phased out, and then Tom brings it up, and he brings it up in such a weird way. I don't know. I just, yeah, and I got the I got the tweet um, on Twitter from Scott. He tweeted, "He's just like the next time that that Tom Brenneman shuts up about a topic will be the first. And I understand that he's an announcer; he's gonna do a lot of talking. But <laughs> it just came off so. Wrong. And I hope he knows that. I hope, I don't know. I hope he can figure out how to walk back those comments because it seemed like not that anyone was asking for anyone to be on anyone's side. It seemed like he was on Addison Russell's side. That's just me. And Addison Russell was a sleazy dude to be on the side of, especially in this case, knowing that he was a jerk, you know, for lack of a better word. To his ex-wife. So anyway, I I had to address that because that was like topic A of that game. The fact that the Reds won the series was actually topic A. Tom, making those weird comments, seemed to be the other big topic from the game. But all in all, great series for the Reds. And they're doing this stretch, this whole homestand, before the All-Star break is very crucial. I'm not going to say it's do or die, but... They really need to get out of these next six games with, like, one loss. And I know that's putting a lot of pressure on them, especially with a four-game series against the Brewers here, Monday through Thursday, and then two games against the Indians to decide the Ohio Cup, the vaunted Ohio Cup. But with it all, they really need to come out of this almost unscathed. They do that. We're talking about a really interesting not really second half of the season, we are at the halfway point. And here at the halfway point, the Reds currently sit five games under 500. And this time last year, after game 81 in 2018, they were 13 games under 500. So definitely a marked improvement. And the front office deserves a lot of credit with that. It's going to be interesting to see where they take the team from here because we have now entered... The month of July. The month of the trade deadline. There are 31 days left to trade anyone that you want to trade. And I think it would be short-sighted of the Reds to just say, we need to stand pat. We need to hold on to what we've got. There's a couple of guys that I'd like to see them approach with extensions. A couple of guys that I think might be really hard to keep. Like Puig and guys like that. Because I, I really see Puig wanting to test free agency. Love it if they could bring him back. but. If, if if they look at these guys and they know they can't hang on to them, I'd like to see what they can get. And maybe it's nothing. And if it's nothing, then, you know, don't, don't trade them for pennies on the dollar. But at the same time, if there's a decent offer on the table, you can't let that go. Real quick, before we end today's podcast, I wanted to congratulate Luis Castillo on his first all-star nod. We all knew it was coming. We all saw him making the team. And we all saw the subsequent news that Amir Garrett did not make the team. Amir Garrett totally deserves to make the team, but because he doesn't get the all-precious saves that we attributed value to back in the 70s because, yeah, like literally, that is a statistic that is completely made up. I know all statistics are made up. But without the save statistic, you still have good relievers. You can still tell if a reliever is good or not. Saves just have everything to do with a player's contract and everything to do with telling a player why he can't make the All-Star game despite being a really damn good reliever. And it's a little bit of a bummer. I'm not going to rant too much about this because, honestly, I expected it. I didn't see Amir Garrett making the All-Star team but i think he deserved it and and i wanted and the reason i asked you on the locked on reds line if you think it is important for your guy to make the all star if the if you think it's a big deal for a red to be on the all star game i wanted to ask you this because i don't think every team should be represented i think it's a i think it's indicative of how good a player's first half is. And I know that there's still fan voting. I know that there's still guys that get in who don't deserve it because their team's fans just overloaded the ballot box. But at the same token, I think it's worth visiting the whole, well, everybody gets to participate. There's no socialism in baseball. That's not how that works. I don't need that. That doesn't bother me. You know what? The fact that there are no Reds hitters on the All-Star game, I'm not bothered. Because they've had a really rough first half of the season. And to say that there is an all-star hitter in this lineup, that's a big stretch, man. Like Jose Iglesias eclipsed the 30 RBI mark here on Sunday. And we've got numbers low in the batting average department. So if they didn't have any good pitchers, who was going to make the all-star team? Because someone has to make the all-star team. It would have been Jose Iglesias, and that's all well and good. But I just think it's a dumb idea. I don't know. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. 513-549-0159. How important is the All-Star Game to you as a Reds fan? That's going to do it for us here on the Monday edition. I went a little long-winded. But like I said, we had a lot to get to. It was a great weekend. Great job by the Reds. I was super happy after Sunday. I know it was a little bit of a, you know, kind of a thin ice sort of game. You were biting your nails there at the end, but they pulled out the victory and that's all that matters because they took two or three from the Cubs. Now come the Brewers, and a good series is needed. We will talk about that series. We'll talk about game one and preview the rest of the series leading up to Independence Day on the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Make sure that you are subscribed on all the major podcasting platforms and hit us up on Twitter. At Locked Reds and at Jeff Carr with three F's, head on over to LockedonReds.com and then give us a call 513-549-0159 on the Locked Reds line. Thanks so much for listening, guys. My name is Jeff Carr. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
0: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.